Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. The podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. Today, Madiba Olivier joins us. Madiba is a deep, thoughtful change maker in Cameroon and someone we will all be wise to follow and support. He is the founder of Kiru Games, the first video game studio in Central Africa. Everything Madiba does is with great thought and deep connection to a larger purpose. Even the name of his company is connected to a Swahili word, kimono mono, which means spiritual vision. And as you listen to our conversation, you'll hear how deeply connected Madiba is to his roots, to his community, and to the African continent. Madiba's story is inspirational for so many reasons. He has created something that not only didn't exist in his country, but didn't exist in the entire Central African region. Not only has he founded the video game studio, he was able to round up funding from over 100 investors to fund his startup and support his fellow Cameroonians in learning and growing while expanding their skill sets. You won't want to miss when he shares his best tips. One, build the culture first. Two, when you succeed, the money will come. So focus on your vision and stay focused on your vision. And three, beyond the money, when you stay focused on your vision, you will change the world. Madiba's journey to entrepreneurship, the pivotal moment when he received an email from a young boy who looked up to him, and his decision to be a leader and an example to his fellow Africans is so profound. And I believe your life will be enhanced by listening to Madiba share his journey. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Madiba and his amazing journey. Madiba. Tracy. It's so good to see you. Thank you for joining me. I'm I'm so excited to, I know it took a little bit of back and forth for us to to figure this out. So I'm really excited that you're here. We're thankful for Joseph. (laughs) Yeah. And thanks a lot for your passions because uh, we already talked about that, but uh, I am working on my time management. You know, I I teach it and I will just go ahead and self-disclose that I'm always a work in progress. Time management, I think, is something that we need to constantly be adjusting ourselves Mm -hmm. to and how we do business and how we balance our, you know, outside of business and, and yeah, always a work in progress. So I'm glad that that you and Joseph were able to make it happen. I'm excited that you're here. (laughs) We're going to give Joseph a lot of credit today. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really great guy. I really like to... I see a big future for him in this company. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me, before we start talking about your company and what you do, where are you located in the world? So right now I am in Cameroon, in Yaoundé, the main city of Cameroon. Cameroon is a country in the heart of Africa, like in the middle of Africa, a little bit on the west. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a country with a funny form of a duck praying. If you see Cameroon, <laughs> it's like a duck praying. <laughs> and uh, it's like, we call it a triangle, but I don't see a triangle. <laughs> and um, what's funny about Cameroonian is like, I think we have one of the most greatest sense of humor in Africa. We are courageous. We also have this feeling that we know everything. Every Cameroonian is it's a PhD. As a PhD. Expert <laughs> of everything. They are, we are PhD of everything on earth. How if you discuss with, if you argue with Cameroonian, it's something. Poof. But we'll yeah, <laughs> I love this country. I love what we, we have. And I, I love what we try to be. Um, yeah. So I am in Cameroon and I, we have a lot of problems. But I think our destiny is great. Mm. And you decided to stay in spite of being in an industry that's not necessarily well supported yet in Cameroon. Like you maybe thought about going to Europe or going somewhere else, but you decided to stay. So decided is a great word because uh-huh. I will tell you how I get into entrepreneurship. So first, yeah, uh, I am in video game, but I think it will, people will not will talk about it later. And uh, in fact, I didn't really had the choice to mm. stay here. I mean, my parents were not poor, but they were not rich enough to make me go out gotcha. of Cameroon when I uh, when I started to go to college. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, there will not be enough visa for 20 million Cameroonians to go out. So it's, it was not like I had the choice to go. It's like I'm here. And... Um, at certain point in my career, but very later, in fact, when I started to make what people call succeed, I had the choice. Since now, I have I have the choice. In fact, now, like with the CV I have, I can go work anywhere in the world. And there is a lot of international companies that will be very happy to even pay everything for me to come here. At this. But I decide to stay here for two main reasons. Maybe we'll talk more about it later. The first one is, I know that my country is in this bad shape because a lot of good people went away when Mm. things became harder. It's not like I'm judging them. I can understand. But I know that we had this critical mass of good people out of the country, leaving the country to bad people only. And this is a mess. Mm. And I have a huge feeling of uh, legacy and the sense of legacy. The sense that if I go, I raise the chance for others' generation to suffer like I I had to suffer. Mm. And the other part is that I know that if I if I am somewhere else, uh, I will never get respect like I have in my country. I know that somehow, even if I come to United States, at certain point in my life, when uh, an American will watch his TV and he will say, "Oh, Cameroon," and will see, "Wow, people are angry." At the end of the day, somehow someone will tell me, oh, you know, you are there, but your people are dying here and we don't want you here. And, but if you are in a great country, your country is great and you are in the country of someone else, he's like, wow, it's good. And your country, I want to be there somewhere. And I don't want to build that for my kids. Mm. I want to build them the fact that they are proud to be Cameroonian and I have to change Cameroon. Like I said, I don't think I'm superior to those who go who, have, who are gone. Not at all. I think I'm just playing my part. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are working for Cameroon. 
even outside of Cameroon. So I just think they need someone like us on the ground. Mm. Wow, a real strong sense of responsibility. And I think, you know, recognizing with colonization that the damage that has been done and that could be sustained, but also could be overcome with people who will stay. So when you talk about good people who left, are you talking about particular talents or are you talking about like it's changed politically like what's going on that's i mean obviously Um, there's poverty but what else is going on that's that might be contributing to the situation in cameroon yeah in fact cameroon is not poor we are just not well managed we are bad management we we are not poor at all we have all these resources we have young people we Mm -hmm. have uh, the right climate which Cameroon is one of the, in the only country in the world where you can hit something like a corn. You threw the corn, but not, not a boiled corn, the raw one. Mm-hmm. You threw the corn and you leave it for two weeks and you see a lot of corn grew on your, your, literally, I have a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. I have just put it out there and it's started and to, and it's growing. I discovered fertile. that there is a, there is a papaya tree growing under my windows the other day. Oh, nice. Just because the, the, the woman who keep the kids didn't clean well the, the trash. Uh-huh. So, so just like a, a pit. Seed, wow. Yeah, seed, just right? a seed of papaya made it Aww. because the soil is so, so rich. So yeah. yeah, Cameroon lost a lot of, a lot of good people, people who had the, the mindset to change things. People who had the, the mindset to teach to others how to stay excellent, to execute, to have good values. Because we had a turning point in our history, uh, our actual president was a very idealist man when he was young, but he has been put in place by the horde, the, the previous one. Mm. And the plan was, yeah, I will put it there and I will still manage the country beyond you. Mm. They had this clash of generation. And literally a coup d'etat like was about to be killed. And when this happened, this man snapped. The story is like become paranoid. A lot of so a lot of problem. In fact, uh, where he didn't make the good choice because at some point in this early years of managing the country, it was more about building a clan of people who will never kill me than building a team of people that will uh, help me to build the country. Mm. And I can understand this paranoia because politics is very brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you can be humanist, but others want to kill you when they can. And in Africa, it's especially true with neo-colonialist pressure, etc. If you want to, if you want to turn your country rich too fast and some other countries don't like that because their interests are not good. You will be killed like a lot of presidents have been killed. So he had to deal with it. And you can see that it's complex and that's how you lose good people. Because there is something in this world that is really interesting. It's like good people don't want to do politics because they know the responsibility. They know the burden that responsibility will do on their soul. Mm -hmm. They know the fact that I'm a nice person. I will have to to be often bad, make good things. And I don't want to, to put dirt on my soul. But when you, you stay out of this ring, a lot of bad guys come and, okay, I will just do it. And when they do it, they don't care about the duty. They care about the, the, the games, the the money. And 
So that's something the President Kagame in Rwanda told us one day when we were in a meeting with youth people in Rwanda. He said that good people have to step up and stop to be good and become wise. Because mm. good people don't change the world, wise people do. There is a difference, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to do. That's amazing. Wow, what a great distinction. Like, good people don't change the world, wise people do. Or at least good people do it when wise people open the way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you can be a good person and be quiet, and so you're still, you know, complicit, yeah. right? One would be. Really interesting. And I think that something that a lot of people in the West kind of take for granted is that we have opportunity. At least in the U.S., we do. I mean, mm -hmm. it looks like we have opportunity. We have a lot of problems here in the U.S. that people outside of the U.S. may or may not know about. But I think that we still take for granted how much opportunity is available to us. If, if somebody wants to start a business and give it a try, it's like not that big of a deal. We still, I mean, I had a lot of people in my circle ask me, I was crazy <laughs> starting a business when I was, you know, a, a relatively newly divorced single mom with two kids and a mortgage, you know, but, um, but I think that it's really remarkable. You know, what I'm hearing you say is your commitment, a sense of, of responsibility to your family, to your children, to your country. I mean, that's really, to me, that's really remarkable. And so you get to, to affect change by building an industry and by being who you are and raising great kids, right? And and putting your emphasis on, I know you do a lot of team building with your with your staff, so we can start talking about what you yeah. do. So yeah, do tell us what you do, because I'm so intrigued. You know, it's something, yeah. again, like, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. But this is a really big deal that you're working in computer graphics, right? That uh, you're, that, gaming. Yeah, gaming and and all, like, that's, that's a to me, like, wow, that's so cool. But this is a huge deal in Cameroon to be able to build a business like this. Yeah. So I will try to look the time to not talk for one hour on this question. <laughs> yeah. Bullet points. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what I'm doing is uh, we are the first video game studio in Cameroon. We, we, if you type African video games, you must probably found us. We are like the reference right now of African gaming company doing African games for the world and for Africa, by the way. So our studio, Kiro Games, Kiro comes from the expression Kiro Maono in Swahili, which means like spiritual vision. Mm. So it's like gaming for spiritual vision. Our main goal is to build games that will have the same effect as a real uh, self-development book. Mm. Uh, I think I have a way to tell it now that I found like six months, uh, three months ago. Yeah. Like what is Kiro Games? In fact, Kiro Games, what we do, every games we do is like building a, a piece of music, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, when you make a good music, people dance. But when you make an excellent music, people sing. Mm. So a good music really enables the musician in other people. We want our games to be something that when you play our games, it will make you want to be a good musician in your own uh, life. Our game will have a lot about existential question, but we are trying to build more than a game, in fact, mm -hmm. because when we started, it was just about a gaming company. We were passionate, geek, and you know, the, <laughs> the literal story geeks. of everyone. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when we grew up, 
I was in 2016 retained in the YALI program of the President Obama, mm -hmm. where I've been trained to understand international business. So that was the first time I was out of Cameroon, by the way, of my life. Oh, wow. And that's where I realized that stock exchange exists. Mm -hmm. We didn't even knew about that and everything. And some uh, some guy here, old man, very experienced man, told me, you know, when I heard your startup story, yeah, you have made a game, but I'm not a geek. What I heard is like you took 20 guys from Cameroon who have never done a game before, who have never ever been in a video gaming studio before. You teach them and you'd learn with them how to make a game so good that you are here first. Mm -hmm. And you convinced said you enrolled, <laughs> joke, you enrolled, <laughs> uh, you enrolled 100 investors in the world to put money on you. Mm. I don't know what you did, but if you can share that to every youth in the country who have a dream and work with them, and make them raise money for their dream like you do, you own something like one of the big missing link in Africa. Mm. And that was a haha moment in my life. Like, okay, now we'll make gaming that will inspire people and we'll also make a fintech company that will make people raise money like we do. Mm -hmm. And that's the part when no investor in the world never want to put money on us. <laughs> yeah. Because like no one has ever done that. Why do you want to connect game and, and fintech? No one do that. Yeah. But in Africa, it's really essential, in fact. In Af if I was in the United States, I would never did do something like that. It adds, it adds no meaning. Right. But in Cameroon, in Africa, if you do it, you are better than Disney. Mm -hmm. You inspire kids with the games and you help parents to be funded to, to make their business. Mm -hmm. This is disruptive if you know the reality here. Yeah, and, and that's like, what we are building. Yeah, how did you how did you get 100 investors around the world to invest? So uh, it was not easy. It was in fact uh, something we built on the way. Like the first idea was to get a grant for our government, like 20 mm -hmm. US 20,000 USD, and we make a. Um, a case, you know, like a project, cultural project, mm -hmm. uh, because we had some, yeah, come with the cultural project, we granted. Then when we get there, you know, people don't want to grant it. Ah, we don't grant games. We don't care about it. People are starving. You want to make games. Are you crazy? Mm. Uh, but on the way to for the grant, we had a lot of old senior guys telling, oh, games. Uh, instead of granting you, why don't you make me buy shares of your project? Uh, so I want mm -hmm. to be a shareholder of that. And mm -hmm. they were like, I will give you like 10 million USD to be a, 10 million uh, French exact, to be a shareholder. So we realized that we had like a promise of investment of, um, how do you call it, like 100,000 USD, in fact. Mm -hmm. We were like, whoa. If people are ready to give to invest on us for a studio in five years, because that's what we said in the thing, like <clears throat> we want Grant to make an amateur game for four years and then we will make a real studio someday. But people were already promising to give us money for this. 
And what happened is like when we make the investment call, we we literally had to make that's funny because I have never raised a fund on my life before those this day. Mm. I was with my co-founder, Jean-Yves, that you have so and I was like, mm-hmm. people want to invest on us. How do we raise funds? And we started to say, you know, people in Wall Street are no better than us. They have the same brain. So we just have to read how they do and Cameronize it. Right. And that's how we have literally invented an equity crowdfunding process. I've never done it before in my life. And for the record, the people who promised us the first investment never put money on us. Ah. It was just fake promise. Right. But since they gave us the motivation to invent something like equity crowdfunding, mm-hmm. that's where we found our real investors. Yeah. And today, the Minister of Finance of Cameroon wants us to turn this process for every SMEs in the country. Wow. Okay. So in addition yeah. to building this business, you're now, I mean, this is what you're doing, right? You're, you're, this is one way, probably one of met several ways that you're supporting other people in your country to come up with a way to, to raise funds, to build their own businesses or industries as well. Yeah. Uh, cool. Beyond the fact to find money, we, we share our culture. We share a lot of culture. We, yeah. um, we show to people how to turn Cameroonian who are uh, depressed, who are, uh, you know, because there's a lot of depression out there. Mm. But we turn, we, we show them how you can take someone with depression, with, with who think that people don't care about him, etc. And you put him in your company, even if you don't have a lot of money, and you do stuff with leadership, with a lot of process, mindset change that make people execute great things with you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what we do. And this is another way to answer your question. How did we build that business? Other part was the training, training people to make games in Cameroon mm-hmm. was hell. Now I can do it in three, six months. Right. But the first time I had to do it, it was hell for me. Literally hell. Because it was so foreign? Like it was just something people had never done before or because you were learning how to teach or both? A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, um, the skills are not hard to learn. You know, you can take someone who know how to draw on paper and you can teach him how to draw on computer. Like you just have to practice and to follow some uh, tutorial on YouTube because you already have the artistic skills you know on paper right. so you can turn it into and you have to to tell him a lot of stuff to make it turn into graphic for games but mm. i will tell you maybe one of the greatest challenge we had to to do is like i had only video games to join the world or one of the really one where all the artists one artist has not read one book of fantasy in his life uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because, yeah, people don't read in Cameroon because mm. um, our grandparents were beaten to, to learn how to read during colonization. Mm. They beaten our pa- they beaten our parents to, because we don't know how to teach people to read without hitting them in this country. Oh, gosh. Wow. So we hit the people hit a lot of kids when they have to learn how to read. You know, that's how you, you start to create this feeling 
that books are not for you. And, yeah, uh, negative associations like that. Negative, yeah. a lot. You know, there's often these jokes that I like, black people don't like to read, but when I travel the world, I see there is this pattern. Black people are a lot of time beaten on the way to study or mocked. There's always a, a traumatic, traumatism uh, on the way to read, and it's something coming from a long chain. Yes. And when you create a video game studio, you start to see the effect. Like someone wants to draw, but you don't have the creativity uh, reference to right. imagine a lot of stuff. And you have, as a gaming uh, creator, you have to complete it for him. Mm. You have to... You have to give him reference. You have to teach him how to search, how to. So it was really, this was really, really, really painful. I had to sleep at the studio from Monday to Saturday mm. because I had to train them during all the day, show them how to make their job and work on my own job only the night. Right. Oh my gosh. Wow. And yeah. I lost my girlfriend at this time. <laughs> it's like, I never see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot of work. Interesting. So, I mean, at the same time, it's like you're creating a healing opportunity for people as well to yeah. learn to love learning, putting aside or working through the trauma that's associated with being beaten in order to, you know, it, I'm doing air quotes, right, to um, you know, inspire learning. Yeah, right. in fact, we, I think we know everything. better now, but you know. Yeah, I think it's about everything because when someone there is a thing that I like to show them when someone enters the studio the first day, I have to I like to take their picture like their eyes. Yeah. They are they are shut down. They are not there. Yeah. They are wow. like this. I remember wow. one of them during the interview. They are like, "Why do you want to work there?" They are like, "I just want a job." Oh. And when you make three months after when they are in this environment where people respect them, uh, where they are treated uh, like human beings and where they, they feel that they're empowered day after day. Uh, we show them a lot of video of how people live outside Cameroon, mm. how people change the world. So a lot of stuff that they never heard about because they are always in this negativity where everything is bad. Everything. Mm. And for once, for three months, they're in the place where someone says everything is possible. Mm. The, there is a spark coming here. And yeah. if you had a picture of Joseph at the beginning, and the picture of Joseph now is often like, oh my God, I was dead, in fact. Wow. <laughs> and um, that's that's the, the, the hardest part because uh, when you make games also, that's also something. It's not about the, the skill was hard at the first time, but now I have a process for the skill. The hardest part that I'm fixing right now was the mindset. Uh-huh. Because we have not been educated to make things great. Mm -hmm. We, we don't, we did, we have never worked on something two years fully uh, focused on that. We have never done, we had never done our first game. It was really hard because we, we never learned that you can be passionate about something, but it's the discipline and professionalism which deliver. Right. Never. And a lot of my first team, Learned it the hard way. Yeah. Like three weeks before the release of the game, no one ever, ever reacts, um, 
remember why we were making this game. He was ah. like, and the thing is that this had a lot of effect on the punishment, you know, and I was mm-hmm. discouraged a lot. I was frustrated, depressed on the fact that we have suffered so much and we have to do our last effort, the last 100 meters to make the game good so everything will have a sense. Yeah. But people were like, I don't care anymore. Oh. I, I, have a, I had a lot of error of leadership, by the way. It's how you learn, right? I, yeah, it's yeah. how you learn. But also, I have this culture of, I want it to be easy. I mm-hmm. want it to be easy. I, I, I had a dream. I, I, had, I was passionate about this work, and I don't care about it anymore. And yeah. It was hard. And I remember three weeks before the release of the game, I went outside the studio in the dark, like the place where people were even drugging their sons. So well, so I, I could have been down, uh, stabbed this mm. day, but I was so, I don't care. You needed to get out I was change of scenery. Yeah, because people were, I was complaining, they didn't want to make the, the last miles, you know, what yeah. we call the last miles. Yeah. And I was like, I was starting to write a very dark text on Facebook, Mm. because at this point we were a little bit celebrities on the fact that we were raising a game so people mm. started to, to read what I say right and I was starting a very dark piece of text about the fact that we black people are doomed mm. that we are maybe genetically limited to the you know all this crap about the thing that Maybe we don't know how to build great things. Maybe it's genetic. Mm. Maybe they are the, the supremacists are right. Oh, it's, gosh. It's just, it's just that we just want to dance, to eat, to, to drink. Maybe they are right. In fact, we can. someone can give you us all the money, all the tools for a great project, and we'll never make it. Mm. I was writing it with all the frustration. The, and you know what saved me? What saved you? Little, I mean, I was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little guy, I don't know the oof, the universe coincidence. Someone just wrote me inbox, mm. like a little boy of 16 or 40 years, I don't know. He was telling me that, yeah, I am an orphan. Is the right word, right? Mm-hmm. Someone with that power. Yes. I'm an orphan in some rural place in Cameroon. And uh, I am with my uncle and aunts who don't love me and don't give me a chance to go to school. They don't care. They just, so they bit I don't care. I'm here starving open by day, etc. Mm-hmm. No one uh, believe in me, but everything that keep me going and keeping trying to, to do my best and to learn and to, to shape my destiny is because I know you are doing a video game in this country. And, um, this boy saved my life that day. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first time I realized that it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, uh, I have, I was like 25 or 27 and a lot, like 1000 guys of 18, 16, 14 years were looking my back and telling mm-hmm. that, whoa. And they were in hell where I've been. I have been yeah. in this hell of yeah. not opportunity in my, my, and they were like, if this guy make it, we can make it. So that's <laughs> You're like, I better we, go make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it that's... was like, I, I will do it no matter what it takes because mm-hmm. it's not about me anymore. I hold yeah. them that. That's it. I mean, that's, that's, a... that's something that keep me uh, push, pushing, by the way. 
complete pivotal moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you said that boy saved your life and I would say that you saved his and probably lots yeah. of other kids and, and people who you may not ever know just by inspiring yeah. them to see that there is, that it is possible. And, you know, it's the, the whole system of white supremacy is so insidious, even if we try to tell ourselves that we're coming out on the other side of it. We're not. I mean, generations and generations of trauma and negative messaging and, you know, creating systems and, and pathways to, you know, again, air quotes, like prove the theory of white supremacy, which is a complete, yeah. pardon me, but, but a total shit theory. But it's just, it's, it's, you see that impact. And in that moment, yeah. But that, the that, is, I mean, the universe you know, did bring that boy yeah. to you in that moment so that you could but the thing, snap. Uh, the maturity part, because I have a better view of the thing now, is like, I am in Africa. I will not proclaim that I, I feel white supremacy or white uh, privilege, like we, they call it, like a uh, black American. Mm. Uh, we, we have more problems like neocolonialism, right. but I am more focused on our own responsibility on that. Because I think that one of the things I try to do in the black community in Africa, and I try, but I don't feel legitimate because I don't really know the same pain that mm. it can be to be a black in America. So I have the humility to not say that it will work for them because right. it's more complex. But in Africa, I try to have this change of paradigm with my generation. Like, you know, we have to be a little bit fair play somewhere like uh, if we were at the same place of European people with the same stakes, we would have done the same thing. Mm. And I'm sure that when we go back in our history as Egyptian, we have done the same thing, in fact. So it's not a matter of, of uh, skin. It's a matter of when you are strong and you have built a mindset where your, your survival depends on the fact that others don't survive, mm. you will hike like this. So we have the challenge to not wait the colonialism and extra to change because they will not change. We have the challenge to, to build a way to make them understand that we have enough wisdom, enough knowledge, enough resource on the world to make things good for us without killing them. Mm -hmm. Because we have this text right now. Let me, for example, put it geopolitically in Cameroon. Like we are in Africa and uh, we are in Cameroon and one of our greatest neo-colonial texts is with friends. Mm -hmm. Cameroonian friends is a lovely love story. Friends don't have natural resources. They don't have oil. They don't have gas. And they need gas and oil to survive mm -hmm. because in the winter, they will not make it without gas and oil. Right. So at a certain point, I can understand the political reason where they are like, hmm, if we let you, Cameroonian, decide, transform your oil and sell it to someone else, with everything we have done you in the past, we are sure you will not even sell us your oil. You will be like, you, have, you will die, <laughs> we don't care. So this is, I, I don't have the answer, but I know that our survival depend on the fact that we have to find this question. Because if we decide as Cameroonia that, okay, we will um, we will close our border, we will just keep our resources and we don't care, 
there is just a matter of time before there is a national referendum in France to say that we don't need Cameroonian to get the Cameroonian oil, you know. Right. And at certain mm-hmm. point, they will kill us to survive. And that's, that's one of the main challenge. That's one of the, the story behind my first game. Mm-hmm. So if you read the comic book, you will, behind all this fantasy, there is this reflection like, how can I make a deal with the world? Because people need me to die to survive. Mm. So how can I make a deal to the world so that I can live well and they can feel safe to not kill me? This yeah. is the, this is the, the African dilemma of my generation right now. I think it's a huge paradigm shift that needs to happen. Yeah. This colonial mentality and, and the unchecked capitalism that is running mm-hmm. amok around the world. Because if we look at how much waste there is, we could very clearly see that there's always enough. And if we could just shift our systems slightly, everybody would benefit. This is the thing that drives me insane, right? And this is a deep philosophical and economic question and all of that. But, you know, what I, what I hear you saying, or at least I think I'm hearing you saying that you're changing the system from the inside. So yeah. you're creating new opportunities that can help support the sort of the outside the neo-colonial perspective to see that they don't that it doesn't have to be a zero sum game because this is really what you exactly. know unchecked capitalism is very zero yeah. sum somebody has to lose in order for others to win and it's you know a casualty of of business or whatever it's again yeah. air quotes which is as a human being offensive to the core but it's the system that most of the world operates from currently. But I believe people are starting to really wake up and push back against that. Yeah. Even in countries where it works well for them. Yeah. Like even people for whom it's working are starting to say, yeah, this is not okay. This is not fair. Yeah, because it's it's just a matter of time because no matter what you do, you will always have someone come and bombing itself because he's desperate. Yeah. You yeah. can do something. It's like a cycle. You, it's mm-hmm. a natural law. You cannot, this zero sum will bring back the fear on your own garden one day. Yeah. That's also why I say that it's not a matter of changing the core of the problem. Like, yeah, now we will have, we will make black, uh, um, killing every white on the world. No, this is mm-hmm. done. And that's why I'm so a fan of Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Because when he, uh, when he gets with people who take, who took him 27 years out of his family mm-hmm. and they were discussing, he was telling them that, yeah, if I tell to my people to kill you all, we are more, we are more in the country. We will kill you a lot of you, but mm-hmm. just a matter of time before one of your descendants, even in three, four generations will find a way to make us pay. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a lot of, it, it gave us a symbol of this courage to mm-hmm. change stuff so that even if someone makes you something bad, he is, he has a good part of the new deal. Yeah. That's, that's a legacy I'm trying to build through my video games, through, through my company, through the way I, I manage others. And, uh, yeah. I love how purpose driven you are, right? Like on the one hand, you're doing something that you're really passionate about the gaming, but it's so much more than that. And it's, 
I think, I mean, this is a common thread of the guests that I've had on this podcast, by the way, it's like Mm -hmm. almost every single person, no, every single person who I've interviewed has had a deep connection to their why. And I think this is probably Mm -hmm. the thing, like you said, you've been, you've been building this business for seven years and this was before we started recording and you kind of went, whoa, right? (laughs) Yeah. You've been doing this for a while and here you are. It's so much more than, you know, just games. It's not just entertaining people. You're actually, you know, building the, the existential questions into your programs, but also inspiring so many young people. Is it mostly young men who come through and do training with you or do you have young women too? Uh, young women too, but we are trying to raise the, the number of women in uh, the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are trying to make a shift on our process and we literally had a little argue with my wife because I work with her about the fact that we have to put some meetings during the middle of the day mm-hmm. because it's not safe for the girl to get out of the office at night when we guys can still work. Right. And, uh, it's challenging. It's challenging. I, I think I am a feminist, but I have also a lot of patriarchal belief that I'm trying to clean, but I've been educated with that and yeah. I have to fight against them because at some point you are like, I'm a man, why do you? But you have to always, always uh, train yourself to consider the other way with yeah. the, not your belief of the patriarchal guy. Right. It's think- I think that's really remarkable too, that you're willing, you know, it's my observation of the very small experience I have with uh, all men from Cameroon is that there is a strong kind of male dominated culture. And yet every, every man who I've met from Cameroon, I think is a couple are, I think older than you, but similar generation are very aware of the power and the importance of the power of women. And so to be one, to be aware of it and to be actively breaking down the patriarchal mentality is huge. I mean, you are shifting a generation, creating an opportunity for, for Oh, women. trust me, it's not easy. Oh, you know, it's I, a lot of hard uh, debate on Twitter when right. on my generation in Cameroon about Oh yeah. That, that, that. Well, we have it <laughs> in the US. It's really you know? interesting. We have it I here. It's, it's world. It's, it's really a global thing. I mean, it's rare yeah. to go anywhere and not hear women saying what their experience is, you know, and, yeah. and I mean that, you know, pushing against and working to break down and all of that. So it's very refreshing as a woman to hear a man say, I know I need to break this down and I'm working at it. You'll probably be working at it and breaking it down until you draw your very last breath. Because the patriarchal system is yeah. hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of years of, you know, more millennia, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's how we, that's how we change systems, right? If you want to change the way the political and economic structure is in Cameroon, you have to do it from the inside. You can't wait for the politicians to do it because they either they're well-intentioned and they're <laughs> just doing the best they can. Or they're not well-intentioned and they're, they're in yeah. it just for themselves. Or they get good people go paranoid and go into, you know. Exactly. They say, chacun pour soi. Like, you know, they go into this mentality of every man for himself. It happens a lot. We see it yeah. here. Like, even though we are very, well, half of the country anyway in the U.S. is very happy about the regime change we've just experienced. <laughs> we're still not waiting on them to fix stuff. We still have to go yeah. 
and work at breaking down systems from the inside. That's just That's something I really respect on the United States. The, uh, the founders of your country, I've played a video game called Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty. Mm. And that was the first game that made me realize the American dream for the first time. Mm. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid, you can search review on the Sons of Liberty. But in this game, for the first time ever, I didn't ever realize that the, the bad guy in the game, in fact, <laughs> was explaining me as a player who were trying to kill him because he was like a terrorist. Mm. <laughs> and he, but he was telling me that he's trying to free the world because America lost his dream. Mm. Because when uh, when the founders of the country decided to create America, they were trying to, for the first time in history to really build a place where the people will decide. Mm-hmm. And that's why they... They were like, we, the people with all these huge funds, <laughs> capital yes, letters, yep. mm-hmm. because they wanted that the root of this country would be the people. And he was telling that those would remember that are the true sons of liberty, but that the corporate, the lobbying, the, the you know, the competition are turning this liberty again into something like, you know, and this was the first time I, when I was 14, when I read mm. that. And this was the first time I realized that, wow, now that you mention it, in history of the world, this was literally the first, one of the first time at least. Because when you, and when I, that, this sparked in my interest and I started to learn about it, to read about it, mm-hmm. to read complotist theory, you know, all the, the, the stuff. And I was like, wow. So it's like this group of people who founded your country at certain point after your own <laughs> colonization fight, against the British, they were like, okay, guys, we have done a lot of path to come here. We have listened. We have have, uh, analyzed all the pattern in history. And we know that since 10,000 years, everything that kills a country is corruption because when you gather a lot of people, there is always this little group starting to to take everything for them. Mm -hmm. So, what if we create something where we will put in the subconscious of every citizen of this country the fact that they never had to let it happen? And I think as a young Cameroonian, this is the part of the history of my country I have, I have to do somewhere. Mm-hmm. We are a young country. We don't have 200 years of a country. Before 200 years, we were not a country with a lot of village. Mm-hmm. It's like 150, I don't know that we are a country. Mm-hmm. So I know that I have to make our, you know, Cameroonian, we don't know where we go. If you ask to every American, you are like, yeah, we have, uh, what is the purpose of, of America? This country have to give us the, the opportunity to do something great. You know, this is something every American know, even mm-hmm. if it's not okay on the, what is something great. <laughs> but right. in France, they are like, this country is about civil rights. Everything in France is about assuring the fact that the country is working for us and we are not working for the country. Mm-hmm. And you go to Chinese, I don't know what they think, but they think something. But when you come in Cameroon, you ask to people, where, what is the project of this country? You will get on 100 people, 95 different response. <laughs> and if you have a common response, it will be like, I totally don't know what we are doing. Wow. I think 
No, we don't know. We don't know what is the plan. We don't care about the plan the president told us because a lot of us don't feeling legitimate. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't care about what our parents, because we think they don't understand the world where we are now. And so a lot of young um, are like, I don't know what we are doing here. I think I'm just trying to chill. So somehow I, I think I try to chill my way how I can. Interesting. Uh, and I think one of the greatest legacy I want to leave is to build a vision that 40, 45% of my Camer my fellow Cameroonian or African will say the goal of this country is this. I mean, I, I believe this. I don't care if it's the government or someone else who do it. I will do my share because this is what I want. And that's what we build with. The, and that's what you see when you, you play our first game and you read the comics, uh, Orion legacy of the Koryodan, because all the quest in the game is about what is the legacy of the Koryodan? Mm. What is the purpose of the legacy of the Koryodan, the, the, the family of the king? And he's, he have a lot of quests to understand that. Mm -hmm. So you're imprinting in the psyche of young people vision and mission yeah. and possibility and opening that field of possibility through the game that they get to experience if they play it, but also through the experience of working with you if they come and work with you in the studio. Exactly. Well, we are the first one you will tell you later. Yeah, I think I will take this. Description. Write it down. <laughs> I like the way you summarize it. You. It's what I do, right? It's what I do for a living. So I, I always like to try to, you know, bring that together. But it is, I'm really happy to know you, Mandiba. And I'm really, really Thanks. proud to know you as a human being and also as a business person with such a grand vision. And that you were willing to be open to that pivotal moment when that young boy told you what a difference you were making for him, because in that moment you were feeling pretty desperate about the way yeah. things were going. And yeah. I think that's a real, that's a real testament to, you know, a couple of things. One is determination and vision, right? That's a, having a huge mm -hmm. why and being really connected to that why. And the other is listen up listeners. There will be times when whatever you're aiming for seems impossibly out of reach. And I will, I would be willing, if I were a betting person, I would be willing to bet pretty big amounts of money that at the point that you feel most desperate is probably just before the turning point. Yeah. It almost always <laughs> happens that we start to agitate and get really frustrated. And like, for me, yeah. I get like, actually in my body i can feel yeah. it like oh my god i'm going nuts this is driving me crazy i'm <laughs> irritated you know and or depressed or you know like this is never going to work and if you're just willing to take a couple more steps it's usually right on the other side of that almost always on the other side wow. of that almost always i mean i wish it weren't that way i wish i could tell people you don't have to have a breakdown before <laughs> the breakthrough but something happens i i believe something's happening actually chemically in our bodies when change is coming through. And if we can't see it yet and we don't have proof, all we know is we're feeling something and we don't know what that mm. is. I've seen it in, I'm 11 years in business now and I've seen it in my clients. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in colleagues that something is just about there. So in that moment, when you're thinking 
whatever the words might be, but oh my God, (laughs) I'm not sure that this is going to work. I'm about to give up. Maybe I'll just go get a, a job or I don't know, you know, I'll go do something else, work for somebody else or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's usually because something is coming through and it's right there. You just don't see it yet. So I yeah. love that you had one, the universe delivered to you a poignant moment with a young person whose life you had touched. I mean, mm-hmm. what a gift, you know, what an amazing gift. Cause we won't always get the sign. We have to trust. Yeah. Or we might get the sign or <laughs> not, might not see it. I have a joke about <laughs> the, keep going. I have a, I have a joke about the fact that often when I feel lost in my life, I'm like, why on earth, God, you don't send me, you know, this old man, you know, in books, in these books, uh, philosophical books, there's often this moment where he was sat on a bench. Mm. He's starting to feel everything is wrong. And there is this old mysterious man. Right, sitting, always. Or, or, or <laughs> woman sitting and telling me something very phys- uh, philosophical, like, you know how bird lives, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. he starts to get all this answer about the best, uh, the hardest the question in life. And right. But you, in real life, <laughs> when you are like, Yo, you know, God, this is the moment I want the master. I want the, you are like, just the, the wind. And yeah. you have to, like you said, the sign will be three hours after with a, a cat playing. Right. <laughs> you don't know. Right. A cat yeah, playing and be... saying, whoa, this cat is telling me something. Right? I can see how you did it. <laughs> I always look for, I, I probably end up making them up, but I always look for signs in nature as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a hawk that lives near, I think it might be on our property or near our property. And actually it's a, it's a pair, but sometimes I'll like when the pandemic started and my, my business, uh, a lot of my business had to shut down. I just went outside and walked around for a while. And I remember every time I saw the hawk, I was like, Oh, it's telling me I'm going in the right direction. I don't know what direction that was, but it gave (laughs) me a little bit of hope to just kind of go, it's going to be okay. The hawk just flew yeah. over my head. It's gonna be okay, <laughs> you know. So I like we, the way you say that, we probably made it up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I, I'm certain I made it up. I mean, the hawk was probably just <laughs> hunting, but it was there in a moment when I saw it. Went ah, oh, you know. So we we do we because we won't always have a sign. Like there's a there's a joke after one of the Hurricane Katrina happened in Louisiana mm-hmm. many years back, and I think got global attention. There was kind of this parable that came out of it where when a person drowned they climbed to the top of their house and they drowned and they died and when they got to heaven Mm -hmm. they said to god i asked you to send me help why didn't you send me help and and you know and god at the pearly gates said well there was a rowboat that went by before you had to climb up to the top of your house i sent you a rowboat (laughs) you didn't want it so then you know you had to go up to the second story you know, and I sent a boat mm-hmm. with a ladder and you said, no, no, I'm waiting for God to rescue me. Right. Then you had to climb on top of your house and I sent yeah. you a helicopter with a ladder and you waved mm-hmm. them off and said, no, no, I'm waiting for God. He's like, I sent you, you three. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you it's like the, the, the more special. Right. Right. Was the, the, the Moses, parting of the waters. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's a great sometimes we'll get like that wonderful private message from somebody and it'll wake us up and other times we kind of need to invent our own sign and just go with it and say no this is the sign yeah watch the bird look for a butterfly (laughs) you i i love because we we have um, an expression in the studio we say by yourself Mm. in fact it's french and english 
bar is like fight, like right. um, strive. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very bad French and English together because it's literally mean like fight yourself in fight. But right. it's a thing when we have to say uh, you have to find a way by yourself. Yeah, figure it out, create <laughs> and, uh, it. Yeah, yeah, figure it out. Yeah. And you know, there's also this joke about when you say we know I made we made it up. Is somehow you have to know that you are crazy. You have to <laughs> no no. I, I'm totally aware <laughs> on the fact that at some point. I must be a little bit um, schizophrenic, mm. little bit on the way that uh, because often the night at like 2 a.m., I don't know, I often wake up. <laughs> I have like a, what I say, a pure moment of lucidity, like, okay, just to summarize, I open my eyes and I'm like, so there are literally 250 people who give me money right now because I tell them that I will make video games that will change mindsets of people. And that 20 guys waking up every morning, coming at the studio, and they are sure that I know what I do. And uh, uh-huh. there's this wife, you are like, there's this woman, she's my wife, and she's sure that I'm somehow we manage to find a way to make them feel safe. And oh my God, we are so screwed. I have uh, no idea what I mean. I've got them fooled. Yeah, and you are like 2 a.m., you have five minutes, and the six minutes, you're like, oh, I, you have the loading of all of your stuff. And no, oh, I see yeah. the path, I see the why. And, yeah. But it's often fun when I, I tell it, I, when I wake up like this, I say to my wife, oh, this night I have my five minutes of lucidity. So right. I can see how people see me for five minutes. Like, what on earth are you doing? Absolutely. Well, and I think that's the thing. Entrepreneurs, we are just <laughs> wired differently. We take leaps. Yeah. We take risks in a risk-averse world. We do things that nobody understands. I mean, <laughs> I started my business because somebody said to me, I will pay you to coach me. And it was like the third or fourth time that I'd heard it. And so I was like, well, I better huh? go get certified and start my my business then. And that's you how I started my business. It's Whoa. not what I know. I I worked in operations in the corporate world for a long time, well, not a long time, but, you know, for I was eight, 10 years or something. And, wow. um, and then I was mostly so home. Natural. I worked a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, this is the thing is it kept coming back, right? People kept saying, you should be a coach. You're so good with people. You like, you're always developing people. You can see through things you, and, and I always kind of went, but no, but I'm an operations person. <laughs> And then I kept hearing you should be a coach. And, you know, and so I finally had an opportunity to hire a coach and work with a coach for a while. And it helped me. She helped me figure out what I wanted to do because I I was at a point where I could make a a change if I wanted to. And then she said, you should you really should think about coaching like you're just natural at this. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had someone who said, I'll pay you. And I said, okay, fine, I'll get certified. But I have to get certified. And I'll, and I'll go and I'll okay. learn how to do this. And so that's what I did. It's not the way I would recommend, but for, for people who have to analyze and think a lot, it's probably better to just throw yourself at it. Like you were saying, <laughs> you know, if I had known how hard it would be to be respected, yeah. to build a business, to get people to buy in and to build this thing, I probably wouldn't have done it. And I, I think that Never. that's, that, that naivete is, is a blessing. <laughs> it's what yeah. helps us, you know, really make something happen yeah my wife just opened uh, my wife just opened her first restaurant 
Uh, I can see her make the uh, the road. I can see her mm-hmm. walk the path. And at some point, she was like, I don't have any money. There is COVID. Everything is doomed. And I was like, oh, you will find the money. Right. How can you be so calm? And she found the money. And now everything is... And when she had to deal to build the the, the restaurant, I told her because she was stressing about when you pay someone to make a, a handwork in Cameroon, huh, if you are not there to micromanage every part of your of the job, like building the chair, building, painting your wall, mm. you will get a total mess. Because like I said, there is a lot of education problem, like right. people don't put square in square when they are kids and you see the effect when they become adults. Mm. But I, I thought that, okay, if you want this the level of excellence, you you want that you want this place to be beautiful, to be like it's come from somewhere else, you will have to learn everything about building a space yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have enough money to pay the good decorator. You don't have enough money to pay the better painter of wall in the Cameroon. So you will have to micromanage your painting and she started to learn everything on YouTube mm. about how to to design a place, how to, when she was uh, giving the bread to a little girl, she was reading on YouTube. It was epic. But, but <laughs> I thought awesome. her that this is the path. Yeah, You have to go in this place where you learn, when you're exhausted, when you are. And uh, she's really happy now. But she keep having all this mess, you know, that yeah. people don't see behind the scene. Right, like, of course. And she's every day she's like, is there a day when you don't stress that everything will be over for just one mistake? Oh. And I'm like, mm-hmm. in fact, your business will be, will maybe always be about one mistake to an end, but you will learn to live in peace with that. Yes. Wow. How cool. So your wife has an entrepreneurial spirit as well. And what a leap of faith to start (laughs) any business, but especially a restaurant during a global pandemic. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, there is not a lot of pandemic in Cameroon, but it started again. We had like a second wave, Mm, but it mm -hmm. started to come. We we are resistant to the virus. In fact, I think uh, our cells are resistant because of the malaria. Mm-hmm. Because when I read about COVID, it's a little bit work like malaria, in fact, intracells. Okay. And yeah. we, we, it seems, but it's a theory, I don't yeah. know, it's not say it's scientific. Really but interesting. But there is a yeah, resistance in a, Cameroon. Yeah, interesting. People die, but we recover a lot. Yeah. I think that I had COVID like already twice myself. But time. I'm it's sure, possible. but I didn't even. I mean, I have a friend in. Um, the Seattle area in Washington state whose daughter was extremely ill and in the hospital. She's a teenager in like from November. And now I'm starting to get the years all confused. I think it was November, 2019 mm-hmm. until like January, February, 2020. And she had a strange pneumonia. Is that what they mm-hmm. called it? And now they all look back and I can't remember if she's had her tested for the antibodies, but I think that the virus has been going around longer than we thought. It just hadn't spread as much and as quickly, or they hadn't yeah. put it together that it was. Yeah. So I do think that it's, you know, it's definitely something that's, that's going around, but how interesting that you can be resistant to it 
Yeah. But we think it's a theory. I do. We, we try to yeah. do our best to, you know, wear masks um, and yeah, wear mask, wash yeah. hands. Yeah. We're we, still... I think everyone drop at social distance. We tried, but Cameroonian can't support social distance. I so think, are... oh, yeah, that's been challenging. I know my friends in Europe who are like, mm, you know, that's why they have really strict lockdowns because people, mm-hmm. people want to be near people. We're, we're not yeah. managing it well in the U.S. I mean, I think that this, this new administration is doing a good job with the vaccines because human mm-hmm. nature is such that we can only tolerate this for so long. We've been on some form of lockdown for a year now. Tomorrow, in fact, will be exactly a year from the day that was our last day of Wow. <laughs> now that you mention it, it's already one year of crisis. One year Jesus. of crisis. And, and that's in like in the West, you know, it was going on much earlier in, in China. Except my daughter, we're going into the weeds here, but this is interesting. My daughter went to the Model UN for youth in DC, and that was February of 2020, right before the lockdown, and the entire Chinese and a good portion of other parts of the Asian contingent had to cancel out because of COVID. Mm. And so we we knew it was coming and that it was, you know, going crazy, but we weren't quite prepared for it. You know, I don't think anybody in the world- I think uh, we manage it well as a human race. Mm -hmm. If you you take every time we are faced this kind of, of, of crisis as a common race. I think this is one of the first time we collaborate. So it's not perfect, but there is something. Mm-hmm. You can feel that people support each other, people yeah. talk with each other. You can feel that the world changed. In fact, there are still bad people trying to of course, them, I mean, like, fighting around yeah. it. But yeah. I think the main part of the human being are just supporting each other in this period. Yeah. Like courage to those lockdown. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good indicator of our global consciousness somehow. Yeah. I agree. And we, and we have to look for it. You know, we, we have to look for the good because it's the, the not good, the bad, the negative, the people with bad intentions and whatever. They're loud. Good people are yeah. just doing their thing, you know? And I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe, you know, we're not going around going, look at what I'm doing, you know, but I, I agree with you. I think, you know, you see it. I also think, you know, there are a lot of negative things about how much access we have with social media and the internet and whatnot, but we can look for the good there too. And what I have seen, I mean, look how many with the vaccination, how many companies came together through government support and without government support to you know, fast track getting vaccines on the market since this thing is wiping out a lot of, you know, physically killing people, but also causing long-term effects in some people who get it. Like we, so I live in North Carolina and we have, there's a lot of pharma companies here and there's a Mm. collaborative agreement where I think it's Merck. One of the companies is going to support the manufacture of the Johnson and Johnson vaccination to get it to the market faster and to mass market it so that okay. it can be more of a global thing. Like that's, that's a big deal. I mean, obviously there's mm-hmm. incentive and financial or whatever, but it's supporting people. And I think that I do, yeah. I see that. Like I, I wouldn't have imagined big pharma companies coming together for a global cause before this. I yeah. just wouldn't have been able to imagine it. So even in business, we're seeing it, which is great. I feel like we could talk for hours, Madiba. I would love to check back with you, you know, in six months or a year. Or something. Obviously, we'll stay in touch between now and then. But to see now what else Joseph. is changing, 
right now. And now we have to stay, we have to stay in touch. So this is the time where I want to ask you some silly personal questions. And if you don't like the question, you can pass. (laughs) I already gave you a little bit of a warning. Okay. There's silly things. So (laughs) what is your favorite thing to eat? What's your favorite food? Uh, my favorite food is just in front of me. It's like fried plantain. Ooh, okay. Uh, you don't know fried plantain in America, I'm not sure. Yes, we do. So do you eat it sweet or salty? Sweet. Sweet. So mm-hmm. sweet. You know the, the yeah. sweet one. I love Ooh, this yeah. Yeah. with uh, chicken. With chicken. Uh, yeah, fried <laughs> chicken. Mm, that's your I favorite. And salads too. I love yeah. salads. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What kinds of books are you reading or listening to right now? Okay. So I don't have a lot of time to read anymore, but I like the, I become, I think I'm a mainstream reader. I read, you know, Alchemist, Paolo Mm -hmm. Coelho. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, when I was young, I read a lot of philosophical tales, like the Alchemist and I was crazy about those. And uh, right now I am, I'm reading a lot of uh, books on story on entrepreneur, mm-hmm. their biography. And uh, since I don't have a lot of time to read, what I do is I'm, every day I go on a lot of YouTube channel where people summarize books for me. Yeah. Like 15 minutes, you get the core of a book and at least you get something. Yeah, and I call that input, like, input time. <laughs> de- exactly. Yeah. And this is something yeah. I, I, I am building in my team too since one month and two weeks. Every day, we have a video of 15 minutes on mice and change and uh, self-management and, mm-hmm. and the effects are huge. Yeah. I never saw it coming. Everything is... Whew, yeah. Change the mindset, people find the process. That's it's, that's true. That's it's really true. remarkable. It doesn't take much. You know, I once read 10, reading 10 pages of a good book every day or most days can completely transform your life. So whatever totally. way you're doing that by watching YouTube videos, by listening to books, by reading them, whatever, the idea is bite-sized chunks are actually exactly. the way to make the change and make the difference. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. And then, Another silly question. I like your silly question. Okay, I have one more silly question. Are you ready? And you can say yeah. the whole word. What's your favorite swear word? Swear word. Uh, what I I change my swear word every six months. <laughs> uh, I have I have the jure. It's in French. It's in English. It's like swear. Uh. So I, I open to the jure, and there is the hamof. It's a totally Cabronian expression to say, yeah. "Whoa." You like I'm off, I'm off. <laughs> It's like the the whoa, yeah. whoa. And the, the ultimate thing I have right now is like Jesus Christ on a bicycle. <laughs> on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, and there is a gradation because there is Jesus Christ on a bicycle, or Jesus Christ on the mountain, or Jesus. <laughs> and I have often like when the pool is huge, and I'm like. Jesus Christ on a rocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> a rocket. What, what I'm seeing here is like I love it. So it depends yeah. on how big your your exclamation needs yeah, to be. Yeah, and there is the God of Abraham and Moses' cousin. 
<laughs> you, so we have this, um, yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, oh well, my is... God, Abraham and Moses is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel like I need to become more expressive. I had a friend <laughs> to say Christ on a cracker, which just yeah. backed me up. I'm like, on a cracker? <laughs> I thought we were supposed to put cheese or nut butter or something on a cracker. Okay, Christ on a cracker. You Jesus got Christ on a bicycle. I just hope when I will be there that God has a sense of humor because yeah. it is really the judgment, the judgment their stuff with the you know the 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 i i am so in a bad oh yeah i'll be right in now. so much trouble if it's for all cursing, the jokes i make about, jo- the about Lord's God. Name in vain. yeah i'm gonna be in so much trouble uh, but you know I'll my like, joke is i might burn in hell but at least it's warm there because i hate to be cold <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny i love it well thank you for sharing well i would i would love to be able to send our listeners to to check you out so where should they go to support you and i'll provide links in the show notes but what is the best way for people to get in, in touch with you and to learn more about what you're doing and support you if they want to invest if they want to know what you're doing share it with the world okay so what i would say is that uh, we have a catalog of games but we are translating it in english right now but you can discover i i, I want the listener to discover our comic book mm-hmm. orion legacy of the Coriodan. so uh, i i invite all the listeners to discover our comic book if you like the idea and the philosophical and uh, crazy things that I say, I put everything in the creation we have. So you can discover the Orion saga uh, by reading it for free on internet. You just type on Google Orion Legacy of the Koryodan scans or free scans or manga draft. You will get it in English and French. So you can read it and then you can, uh, you will discover the universe, the thematics and the, a lot of actions too, if you like action comics. Mm-hmm. And you you will have everything you need to enter in the universe and go discover the games or the colored comic books on Amazon if you want. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. We'll provide links for all of that. And uh, I am on uh, Twitter, a lot active on Twitter, tweeting in French, but someone can talk me in English and I will, I will say in English, Madiba Olivier just did. We are raising funds right now so you can become a shareholder of, of, of our vision starting with 500 USD. Uh, we are a very risky business in a very risky country. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that uh, if you are passionate, like you invest in 10 years, you will have a share of something big like Amazon, but in Africa. Mm-hmm. Because that detail what you are building, not in the reselling industry, but uh, we have, we beyond all this philosophical stuff, we know we are building something great and we have the business strive to make something big. We just finished to build a culture because a lot of investors were like, make money and build a culture last. But I, when I read everything about great entrepreneur and even when I see my country, I decided to bet my life on another point of view. Let's build the culture first mm-hmm. and leave the hell and the stress to die of lack of cash, of course. Mm-hmm. But if we succeed, when you start to make money with real product, etc., and on the other way, we, we deliver product, by the way. <laughs> but when you will make money, no one will be able to beat you. Right. And that's what we build. And beyond money, we will change the world because we, we think Africa has a clean shit. 
paper. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard if you want to change capitalism in America because all Wall Street will kill you. There is too much on stake, but there is no Wall Street in Africa. So if we have to invent a new way to build economy to to kill this zero sum game, Africa is the perfect ground for that. So this is something I'm building. And if you invest on us, you will invest in a gaming company, mm-hmm. but you will more invest in an, an experiment for a next step in humanity. And I will send you links where we explain that. And I will send you a link of me pitching it in 2016 about the vision we have. And that Wonderful. you will see that in 2016, we were telling something that we are realizing day after day until now. Isn't that amazing? It's, I mean, when you're really purpose-driven and you're connected to your why, the way it looks might shift along the way, but it's still, it's like your North Star, right? It's still there. It's still the thing that guides you. That's wonderful. Well, Madiba, as always, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for for hanging out with me today. I definitely want to, you know, of course we'll stay in touch, but I definitely want to hear what happens as you continue to build and to support you in any way that I can. And I'm sure that you've inspired our listeners to support you as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks for this time, Tracy. And thanks for everything. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.